Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Thanks so much for praying with us and please continue to pray for them. Um, and for these things as we, as we go through the week. Hallelujah. Um, and yes, if you're, still, if you're keen to support Yaku and the team in prayer, there's still some slots open on their, on their prayer roster, so you're welcome to chat to me afterwards if you're keen to support the team in prayer. We pick a day or two in their time away and we just cover them in prayer. Amen. Great. It's uh, my privilege to share the word this morning. We had such a great time this week. We were, um, Philip and I were in Hermanus for our annual pastor's summit. And yo, it was such a, such a glorious time to be together as a church, as a, you know, the bigger church family, the leadership there. And I must say, I, I can't help but be encouraged and inspired by what I see God doing among us as a church family all across the globe. And uh, we'll get, give you more feedback as the weeks go past. But, yo, thanks for those who have been praying for us. And, uh, yo, just give God all the glory for what He is doing and what He has done. Amen. Um, yo, I want to continue where I left off a couple of weeks ago, talking about us being channels of the grace of God and channels of His glory. And, you know, we looked at the difficult situations we find ourselves in, the realities of life around us. And, and we looked at the, but then we also looked at the reality of who Christ is in us. And Christ is as Savior and Deliverer and Healer. And, and how we have that treasure in us um, t- and to share with those around us. And those that don't have answers, those that have, do not have hope, those that are without encouragement and hope, that we have this amazing treasure in us, this life, this answer that we have. And that is not for ourselves only, amen? That is something that we are, have the ability to share with those around us. So that's what we looked at a couple of weeks ago. And I just want to look at one or two of those scriptures again. We looked at Genesis 12. Um, and this is the picture that I had when I was preparing um, of, of a, a dam full of the glory of God, full of the mercy of God, full of His love and kindness and everything that's good that comes from the Lord and that's been kind of in a reservoir, and that we are the sluice gates, and that the and that the glory of God and His presence and His power wants you know He wants to flow through us. And that's as the picture I had was that some of those sluice gates are stuck, or rusted shut, or not open completely, or there's something blocking them. And how we can really trust God to remove anything that's keeping us from having those rivers of living water flow through us. Amen. And um, so let's look at Genesis 12 again. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great, I make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So we, we looked at this powerful concept that the blessing that is on us, even through Abraham, through the covenant with God, through the blood of Jesus, this blessing that rests upon us 
is for a purpose. It's not just for us to be blessed. It's not just for us to have a blessed life. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. You know, it's not for us to, to live with that co- the knowledge of the blessing. Of not, that's not where it stops. It's not for us to have a I see by this year when we retire one day to, to retire by the beach or something. But the blessing that is on us and the blessing that is on us and that, that he promised here to Aram is so that we will be a blessing. So that they will, we will be a channel of that blessing of grace. That the blessing doesn't stop with us, but that that the blessing that God pours out is is flowing out to everybody around us. Amen. And that is the purpose of His presence in, in our lives and His blessing in our lives. So we looked at that, and we unpacked that a little bit. And um, there's a whole bunch of scriptures that we looked at about who Christ is in the midst of the chaos that we're living in sometimes. So I want to encourage you, if you missed out on that, go and look at it again or go and listen. Um, those scriptures are encouraging. Amen. And then this morning I want to take it a bit further. We looked at, we also looked last time at Proverbs 18, but I want to stand still a little bit at Proverbs 18 for a moment. Proverbs 18 in the ESV says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. And the Amplified expounds a little bit more. It talks about, says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Excuse me. And those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. Okay? So we looked at that, the power that we have to speak into the situation that we are in, into the world that we're living in. And I want to just stand still at that for a moment because I, I truly believe that we underestimate, firstly, the power of what's going on here in our heads. <laughs> the power that's going on, the, of what's going on in our minds, what we allow to happen in our minds and in our thoughts, and how that is the, you know, the scripture speaks about hearts. The hearts is basically the, you know, the, the center of our emotion and our soul. And what happens on the inside of there, of our hearts and our minds, has an effect on any, our whole lives, right? So if you think in a certain way, that those thoughts and those beliefs, we, the, what we believe and what we think about something, channel or directs what we say about something and what we do about something. Do you agree? So what, what starts in our hearts, what we believe, what we think about something, what we believe about something, directs what we say about it and what we proclaim over it and also it ultimately is it it basically channels what we will actually do about it that what we end up doing is a result of what we believe about something what we say about it are you are you with me <coughs> there's a bunch of scriptures around this how we should take care or be aware of what's going on in our hearts you know guard your heart be aware of what's going on on in your heart, uh, because that's where that's the source of the life that we speak or the death that we speak. Right. So we have this cho- we have this choice to make. What are we going to speak? What are we going to proclaim over something? And what are we going to believe about ourselves? I read this thing a while ago, which really struck me. And you know, we we often say you shouldn't believe everything you read, amen. Or you shouldn't believe everything everything you hear. And these days, don't believe everything you read on social media or on the news or 
you know, now we get stuff like fake news or sometimes it's just satire, these satirical sites that, you know, have news sites, but it's actually quite funny. You know, they, their point is to make jokes about stuff. But um, so don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe everything you read. Don't believe anything you see on the TV. Amen. So we know this, all right. But I want to add to that this morning. So don't believe everything you think. All right? Be, beware. <laughs> the reality is the enemy can plant thoughts in our heads. And, and often the thought, the stuff that we think about is from our flesh. So many of our thoughts are not from God. So we can't afford to believe everything we think. Amen? Uh, so be aware of what's going on in your mind. Um, be aware that the enemy, that is one of the only tools and weapons he still has, is to confuse us and to lie to us, to deceive us, and to, to bring condemnation upon us and shame and guilt. That's what he does. And all of that happens in our thoughts. Are you with me? That's his main weapon is to bring deception, confusion, and lies. He's the father of lies. So we need to be very careful what we allow to go on in our heads, what we allow ourselves to meditate on and what to think about. So don't believe everything you think. Recognize the lies um, and accusations that come from the enemy. Just yeah, Please go and look at these scripture references I put in there. I don't have time to read all of them. But scripture talks about us, us taking lies captive, taking thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. When I recognize a thought in my mind that's not of God, I recognize oh, this, is, this, is, this is not from God. This is death. I want to choose life, then I, I need to deal with that thought before it, it changes into something that I believe, before it goes down that path of becoming something I think about and dwell on and meditate on. And then I, the more I think about it, the stronger this thing becomes in my mind. Then I start believing it, and then I start acting on it, then I start speaking it out. Are you with me? So before all of that happens, we need to recognize those lies and deal with them as the Scripture tells us to, to take them captive. Okay, then we replace the lies with the truth of Scripture and speak it over your life. So when you recognize, sure, I've been, leave, been believing this thing about myself, <clears throat> or I've been listening to this accusation, I've not dealt with it. Now this thing is in my head, I believe this thing about myself. Maybe, uh, you know, somebody, when you're small, somebody told you that you won't be good at leading people, you're not a leader, or just something small like that. It gets stuck in your head. And when you look again, you believe it. And you go through your life having this conviction that you are not meant to be a leader. Um, just a silly example, but so often the enemy plants those thoughts in our heads about ourselves, about our situation, about the king that we serve, about the God we serve, lies. And as we believe them, we start acting and we start um, actually walking in the, those lies instead of walking in the truth. So, this is such a powerful thing, that, just a habit that we need to have in our lives on a daily basis. Even in my, in my conversations with our kids, you know, we chat about something and I, and I, and I hear something that I, I recognize is not godly, and then we chat about it. We say, okay, but why do you think that? Or how do you, why do you believe that? Who, who told you that? And we can chat about it, and we can say, okay, but is that scriptural? Is that what God says? What what does God say about this thing? Amen? That's normally the, what you have to ask yourself. Okay, I've, I've heard this. I've heard somebody say this about me, or I've heard this, somebody say this about my situation or about our, our nation or our country, but what does God say? 
What does he say about this thing? So that's a chat we often have with our kids. And, how do, and then we build up our faith. We, we replace those lies with the truth of Scripture. And the way that we do that is by exposing ourselves to Scripture. So what Anton is doing now with that reading plan is so amazing because it, it gives a, a structured way for us to work our way through Scripture in a place where we are being encouraged to continue on. Amen? Um, and that's such a powerful way to start, is to say, I am going to commit myself to the Word, to exposing myself, to embracing the Word, to fill myself with Scripture and with truth, so that when I am faced with the lies of the enemy, I'm, I'm equipped and I'm empowered and I, I have tools. Amen? I'm going to say, no, this is nonsense. I'm not going to believe this because I know what the truth is. I'm not going to believe lies about who God is because I am... I am equipped with the truth of Scripture. So the Scripture says that faith comes by hearing, this Romans 10, and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes when we hear the Word, and the Word, um, is, you know, the hearing of the Word is right. what's happening right now, right? Is when we encourage one another, when we hear the Word in this kind of context, when we hear the Word, when we read the Scripture, when we listen to audio Bible, when we go to small group, when we encourage ourselves, that is how our faith is built up is where we, we hear it and we, we are able to apply what the Scripture is telling us. So that's how we build up our faith. And then the second way we do that is by what Jude 20 calls, by praying in the Spirit. We build up our faith. We encourage ourselves. We grow in our um, faith. Okay. So that's just for free. But, <laughs> no. but yeah, I want to encourage us. And this is so critical in terms of how we what we believe about ourselves. I believe that, even as I was praying just now before, that the enemy wants to convince us that, that we are, we're destined for something ordinary and something that doesn't, that doesn't have any significance. He, he, if, he can, if he can't get you to sin, okay? if he can't get us to sin and to destroy our lives with sin, he's going to try all the other tricks to keep us from walking in the purposes of God. Amen? And that's what we've been chatting about for a couple of months, is how do we step into the purpose of God? And if we are, if we are just being vigilant and recognizing, yes, the enemy daily wants me to walk in, in something that is not of any eternal significance. That's his plan. He wants us to, if he can't get us to sin, if he can't get us to run away from God, then at least he can try and make us busy or make us focus on other things, or make us walk in something that's not, that's not God's purpose and His plan. Are you with me? And if you can paralyze us in that kind of living, then He can just leave us there, and we're not being effective for the kingdom of God. All right, so, and so much of that happens in our thoughts. So much of that happens, starts about what I believe about myself. What do I believe about what God has called me to do and what I believe about what He has put inside of me. Amen? Back many, many years ago, some of you may not know this, but in the, 90, in the previous millennium, okay, <laughs> and then I, I studied some engineering, okay, and one of my favorite subjects was this thing where we got to break things. Okay, it, we, they call it, uh, I think they call it material science or something, but the, you got to, 
yeah, it's called different things. It's a ticks they call it something else, and it's stalemosh they call it something else. But the point is, it's all about what materials are made of. And then the part of it is that you go to the lab and you break things. You see how are they good under tension? Are they good under pressure? And it's cool. Have you seen those videos where they smash things with a that hydraulic press thing? That's also interesting. But anyway, we did stuff like that. Or you did tensile tests on cables and stuff like that. And the whole idea is to, uh, when somebody makes a, something like a cable, and the manufacturer manufactures a cable, steel cable, they would test this thing and they will make sure that they know exactly what this cable can handle. And then they actually stamp it on it there. They say, this, hand, this cable can handle X, Y, Z. This is what it can handle. So that when you buy it, when you use it, you know what to expect. All right? And I've got good news for you. Okay? The, your manufacturer, the one that has put you together in your mother's womb, he knows exactly what you can handle, what you can't handle. But what's happening is the enemy comes and he says, no, you can't handle this. This is too big for you. You don't have the faith for this. This can't work. And he tries to, to convince us that whatever God is preparing for us is not possible. But do not believe that. Listen to the, the one that has put you together, that knows the fibers of which he is, the strands that he has put together to make you and to fashion you and put you together. And he knows exactly what you are able to bear. And he has put a stamp on you, and he knows. He knows what he has prepared. Amen? And often we feel, I'm being stretched beyond my capacity. I'm going I'm I'm to break into pieces. This is the end of me. When you feel like that, draw near to God and allow the Holy Spirit to speak his purpose over you. Do not listen to the lies of the enemy. Are you with me this morning? Listen to the one that has put you together, the one that knows the strength that he's put in you, the one that knows the resilience that he's put in you, the one that knows the, the courage that he has placed inside of you and the faith that he has given you. Are, you. are you with me this morning? Okay. So rather, and then we need to get into the habit of speaking this truth over our lives. And, and I think we should... Um, we should practice. So the, the previous time, the last time I preached, we, we looked at all those scriptures declaring who God is. I mean, remember, uh, we looked at who He is in our situation, and we looked at all those scriptures declaring His glory, His power, His strength, His presence, etc. And those are such powerful truths that we need to declare and re remember and remind ourselves of, make it visible around you, Listen to them, speak them out. And this, the other thing that we need to do is to speak the truth about ourselves and about who God has created us to be. And, and there's something that happens when we not only just think it, but when we also speak it. There's something there that happens when we confess it. When, in Romans 10, we read that when we believe in our hearts, and then it adds, and when we confess with our mouths, that is when we are saved. So there's something really powerful that happens when we confess the truth aloud. Amen? And, uh, and look, and, you know, some churches and congregations, this is, this is the thing that happens all the time. In terms, even in the, in the, um, in during the sermon and stuff like that, when we, we were down at the summit with the one speaker comes from that kind of uh, church family. And then when the, the guy that introduced him said, guys, you're going to have to become really loud now. You're going to have to become really 
you know, in, engage and speak and talk and say amen and wave your wave your hand and stuff like that, so that <laughs> this person will be feel really at home. But uh, and I realize this is not something that we have as a culture or as a habit, but I reckon we can practice. Amen. Are you ready to practice? Okay. We have to <laughs> there's one person. Okay. So I want us just to just to read these things aloud and confess them over ourselves. Not the not the scripture references in brackets. Okay. We, we this is for you to go read later. <laughs> but let's just take a moment and declare what what the scripture says about us. Are you happy with that? Should we do that? It's a quick practice round. Um, the good news is there's a, a bunch of scriptures like that. There's even people that have made lists of, of all these kind of scriptures that talks about who God is or who we are. So go Google those and go encourage yourself. But let's just read these. I'm going to read over the mic and I want you to read with me. But do it in faith. Amen? This is all scriptural. You can go check, check up on me. This is all scriptural. If you are a believer, all of these uh, are re- relevant to you. Amen? So we're going to do it in faith, and I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to point out lies that you have believed about yourselves as we do this. Are you, with, are you ready? Okay, so we're just going to read the main bit. We're not going to read the scripture references. Amen? Okay, one, two, three. I am loved by God, and I am forgiven through Christ. I am a new creation. The old has passed and the new has come. I am the righteousness of God through Christ. I am a co-heir with Christ. I have not received a spirit of slavery and fear, but of adoption as God's child. I have received everything I need for life and godliness. The same Spirit and power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. I am the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Hallelujah. You know what? We should take half an hour and just do that all the time. And we will be encouraged when we walk out of here. Are you with me? You know how much power there is when we take the truth of the Word of God and proclaim it over our own lives, over our children, over our families, over situations. I told you that testimony of our pastor years ago whose baby fell on his head out of a chopping trolley and he fell straight on his head and his eyes rolled back and he started bleeding from his ear and he was gone. And he, he was so shocked but in that moment, the Holy Spirit reminded him of Scripture, of the truth of Scripture, and he started to proclaim the truth of Scripture over that baby, and he said, you shall not die, but live, and you will proclaim the works of the Lord. And he started just speaking that over that little boy, and immediately his eyes rolled back, and he came to immediately. And they tested him, and they went through all the tests. They couldn't find why there was blood on his ear, because he was 100% that is an extreme example but how often in every day do we need this truth of scripture to speak into a situation amen say this is the truth I am not destined to live under fear and condemnation but I have received a different spirit a spirit 
of adoption. I've not received the spirit of fear and of, of, of bondage. I've received the spirit of adoption. I've been adopted as God's child. Amen? So the more we equip ourselves with the truth of Scripture, the more we speak it over ourselves. If you need to, stand in the front of the mirror in the morning and, and speak the Scripture over yourself. Amen? And you will see the power of the Word of God. The, the Word is not just dead words on a page. The Word of God is alive and powerful. Taste it. Amen? All right, I have to finish. So, what we also touched on last time is that Second Corinthians 4, verse 7, it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not of us. So, as we go through life, we have this treasure in us, the presence of God, the same spirit, the same power that rose Christ from the dead is in us and through us, all right? So we spoke about us being that channel of the grace of God. But this is such a powerful picture because it speaks of earthen vessels, cracked. Imagine a cracked and broken clay pot that's got holes in it and cracks in it. But you know what's amazing? Because if there is a light inside, you will be able to see the light. So that means, and this is sometimes something we get upside down. We think, I need to portray an image to the world that I, my life is perfect. Otherwise, I'm misrepresenting Christ. That's what we sometimes think. We think, somehow, I need to pretend that everything is going fine in my life. And in that way, people will think, okay, but to be a Christian is a good thing because everything is fine in this person's life. But that's not the truth. Amen? Oh, there's one guy at the back. Okay, that's not the truth. The truth is that the glory of God is revealed that in the midst of my chaos and my hurt and my pain and my brokenness, Christ is revealed. That's where God is glorified. Not when I'm pretending to be something I'm not. Not when I'm trying to keep an image of perfection. Trying to, you know, are you with me this, this morning? And I, I just want to encourage us that that for us, when we are real about our vulnerable, we are vulnerable and real in who we are and the stuff that we are going through, you know what? People around us will see the glory of Christ. And you know, they can recognize when you're being fake. Even children can recognize that. But when we are real about who we are, real about, authentic about the struggles we're going through, the glory of Christ is revealed. The power of Christ is manifested. The light can shine through the cracks. Amen? And there's this song by Matthew West. We sing, we sing it in church. It talks about my story that is for his glory. It talks about my pain that is for his purpose. It talks about my mess that is his message. And that's such a powerful concept because that's what this is, the scripture is all about is that Yes, we have pain. Yes, we have stories that, that have highs and lows. Okay? And we have um, a mess. Our lives are often a mess, right? But if we are being vulnerable and open and real about these things, the glory of God will be revealed. And His purposes will come to pass. There is a purpose in the pain. There is a, His glory will be manifested in our story. And remember, Philip was talking about how we share our stories with others. Be real with people. Be bold when you share your story. Don't hide the bad bits. Amen? 
Sometimes you have to be a little bit selective and with the details that you share in terms of the uh, when you whatever context or how much time you have, but be real about your brokenness so that Christ might be revealed. Are you with me? And then, yo, when we pretend His glory remains hidden, when we pretend and we are fake about things, then God is not glorified. Amen. Okay. And then finally, the what is what is God's dream and desire around all of this that we've been talking about? You know, often we bring our dreams to God, we bring our desires, we bring our shopping lists, we bring our prayer requests. But what is on the heart of God? Second Peter three says that the Lord, verse nine says the Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. We often think that, right? <laughs> Why is things things so slow? Why is Jesus not coming back? <laughs> no, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to be repent. He's being patient. He's waiting for us. That's what he's saying. He's being patient for our sake because he wants every person, every single soul on the face of the earth to be saved, to come to the knowledge of the truth, to repent, to know him. Amen? He's being patient for our sake. And his heart and his dream and his desire and his purpose is for all men to be saved. That is at the core of his purpose for us. And you know what? It is our privilege and he, that he invites us to be a part of that dream that he has, to be a part of that purpose that he has. It is, it is our privilege and it is our our created purpose to be a part of that that God is doing to the ends of the earth. So in 2 Corinthians 5.19, he says, that is in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, and he is still reconciling the world to himself today, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. He's entrusted to us this message of reconciliation. He's entrusted to us his dream and his desire and his purpose on the earth. Amen. There's something I just missed here that I want to quickly go back to that is important. Somewhere I missed the scripture. There we go. Okay, now we... Oh, I read the, uh, the f- f- one bit of it, but uh, let me read the rest to you now. In, um, in Matthew 5. Just a moment. We, s- we confess just now that we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Let me just read that from verse 13. It's not, it's not on there right now. It is there. Oh, where did you find it? Hallelujah. Okay, <laughs> I can't see it here. All right, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how um, shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people have uh, light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand... And it gives light to all in the house. 
In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Amen. So, do you know these, these torches on the, on the phones are quite effective these days? Have you used it? Look, look how powerful this torch is. Can you see? No. Why can't you see? Because there's light here. <laughs> yes. So let's read that scripture again. It Does it say you are the light of the church? No. We are not the light of the church. Because there is a light here already. And then, one of the speakers challenged us this week. He said, we come to church and we bring our light. And we say, look at my cool light. <laughs> it's amazing. But there's light already here in church. The li- where, what's the light for? When do we need light? When there's load shedding and there's, no, and there's darkness. That's where the light is needed. Are you with me? So the light is needed where there is darkness. The light is not needed where there is light. This is not a difficult concept. (laughs) Are you with me this morning? How often do we put our light where there already is light and we don't want to go to places where there is darkness? But that is exactly where our light is needed so desperately. Amen? We are the light not of the church. We are the light of the world. And I want to encourage us, when, when, you are go to, when you go to your workplace and just looking across here, I know there's some of you that work in really difficult places where there is darkness, where there are challenges, where there are real sinners, good sinners, doing what sinners do. And it's ugly and it's intimidating and it's crazy sometimes. But that is where the light is needed. Are you with me? So don't hide your light and go into the darkness with boldness because he says you are the light of the world. Amen. Go with boldness knowing that his presence is with you and as you are real about who you are, his glory will be revealed. In your workplace, in your community where you live, the place, the children, where you're, the school where your children go, in your classroom, wherever there's darkness. And the light of the gospel is needed. Your light is needed. Are you with me? Let us be salt there where it's needed. Salt is only needed when stuff wants to rot and when stuff goes bad. If you're thinking about salt preserving something. okay. Light is only needed where there's darkness. I believe God is wanting to call us again with that we can with boldness go into the darkest places knowing that his glory will be revealed the darker the darkness the brighter the light are you with me this morning amen okay so we looked at god's dream and his desire we looked at his inviting us to be a part of that dream and then i just want to read these last two scriptures first john 5 and this sometimes I believe is part of our challenge. Is we don't realize the darkness there that needs our light, and then we are we're not urgent. There's a lack of urgency often. Thinking, and this is not I, I don't know. It can be for many reasons, but there's I feel often there's a lack of urgency. 
Maybe it's because we're so busy surviving or we're so busy. God is, you know, the enemy has managed us to get us so busy with stuff that we are not thinking about our neighbor that is not born again. We're not thinking about their destination. The reality is here in John 5, 1 John 5.12 says, Whoever has the Son, whoever has Jesus, has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. It's as simple as that. And the, the challenge is that this is talking about eternal life and eternal death. And we can say a lot of things to one another, but every single one of us here was at one point in our lives heading towards hell and heading towards destruction. The destination was all the same. And that is where we started. But God, in His great mercy, saved us from that place and brought us into his marvelous light. And I'm trusting for the Lord to restore an urgency in our hearts. Amen. That when I look at, think about my family does, that does not yet have Jesus, that I would be compelled by the love of Christ to pray, to shine my light, to encourage, to speak life, to engage with the darkness. Are you with me? John 3 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Those that do not have eternal life will perish. Those that, this is the reality. This is the truth. This is, there's no ways, two ways about it. And we often, we, we don't want to speak about hell in church. We don't want to speak about inter, eternal condemnation and damnation and all that stuff. But the reality is if we don't speak about it, we're going to lack urgency. Are you with me? And then it says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. In other words, we need saving. We, otherwise, we will perish. All right? Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And right now, as I'm talking, I'm, I'm hearing names of people in my head that I know that are not, that are condemned already, that, are, that do not have life. And all, all, right now already, I'm, I'm convicted that I am not, I've not been urgent in the way that I engaged with them. Are you with me? On the other hand, I'm so amazed, and I've told you what my friend that I've prayed for since grade 8, what, we call it standard six. So that is a long time. It's 30 plus years. <laughs> and he's, he's gotten powerfully, powerfully born again just this last few months. So on the other hand, I'm so encouraged <laughs> that God is faithful. I mean, and not praise the Lord. Not all, not all of them take that long. Hallelujah. But I want to encourage us that that we would trust God to, to stir an urgency in our hearts again. Let's stand this morning. So we proclaim the truth of the Scripture over us, and the truth that the Scripture speaks over us, that we are the light of the world. That is the truth of the Scripture. Whether you think about it or not, when you think about it when you get up in the morning or not, that is the truth of the Scripture. When you go into darkness, the, the light of the world, the light of Christ will shine in that place. It's just one or two things I want to pray about. Firstly, that, that we will no longer walk in the fear of man, in the fear of, 
and anxiety and stuff that the enemy wants to put on us, but that we can walk free in the purposes of God for our lives. That we would no longer walk under the, the lies and the condemnation and the accusation of the enemy, but that we can walk in the truth of the Word of God over our lives. Amen. Let's, let's pray this morning. Hallelujah. Father, we're so thankful for your word this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you've demonstrated your love for each one of us here by giving Jesus in our place. And that is the start of the journey, Lord, is when we step out of darkness into your light. Lord, and I remember, I remember walking in that darkness. I remember walking in that fear, that absolute dread of not knowing what eternity will hold for me. I remember that absolutely paralyzing fear of saying, I don't know if I will be accepted. I don't know if what I've done is enough. Lord, I thank you that you set us free from fear. You set us free from sin and death when we put our trust in Jesus. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria. Pretoria.